Yo, welcome back to the podcast. This week we traveled to the Inland Empire. We talked to Gabe. He plays in Bound in Blood and Darsum. This is an awesome one for me because young Jamie would have never thought this would have happened. When I started hardcore, Gabe was already doing awesome things in the scene. So I was really happy to have been able to talk to him about the old days and even current stuff. And somebody who's been around longer than me, which is rare these days, I find it cool that they're still down for hardcore, still supporting it. They haven't grown up, quote unquote, or um, become super jaded, even though Gabe talked about how he's a little jaded, but he's still into the scene, into the music. We definitely shared some bands off air and I'm really happy to have been able to talk to him. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, welcome Gabe to the podcast. and we're live welcome to the podcast gabe thank you thank you uh this is kind of crazy for me because growing up in southern california especially southern california hardcore if you told like teenage jamie that i was gonna have a podcast in the future and gabe from bound and blood was gonna be on it i probably wouldn't believe anybody (laughs) it's uh the pleasure's all mine honestly well, thank you. I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, so I used to, um, I'm going to tell I've, I've told the story before on the podcast, but I've never told it to you. So I'm <laughs> pretty stoked to talk to you about this. Um, it was 2006 and I was graduating high school and like the, the big thing to do was, Oh, you, you graduate and then you go off to Disneyland for grad night. And I'm a huge fan of Disneyland. Uh, I, I go all the time, but I found out that Bound and Blood was getting back together and playing a show the day after my grad night. And I told my mom, I was like, screw grad night. I'm not going. And she was really confused. She didn't understand why. But I told her, I was like, I'm not going to grad night because I need all the energy for the show the next day. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm like, you don't understand. I was like, I'm just not going to go. Excuse me. I was like, I'm not going to go. So save the money. I'm going to a show the following day. It's going to be the better choice. And definitely was really excited to. And that was my first time seeing Bound of Blood was that reunion show in 2006. Yeah, dude, that show. I mean, I guess for a local show, that, that was a pretty stacked lineup. It was a, a seven generations. Correct. With every man for himself. Time for change. Yep. Um, there's one other band, Life or Death. Was it? Was it Life or Death? I don't think so. Maybe I, I honestly like I, I know for sure every man was on it because back in the day, like I, I used to hang out with um like Justin and Ange. Yeah, because I know Ange did the flyer for that. But I can't remember. I know for sure Seven Gen was on that. Um, but yeah, that was uh kind of a insane show i mean to this day when me and those guys get together uh mainly for the song hold on to what i remember when you know we go into the uh, the motherfucker part and just 
so fucking loud and me just looking at my guitar player, Daniel, and me and him just like, holy shit, man. I mean, you know, that was like for sure one of like my proudest moments, I guess, of Battle Blood because, you know, I, I booked the show myself. I picked out all, all the bands and, um, yeah, and it sold out, you know, so, you know, just an amazing time in general the whole time period, the show, everything about it was just perfect. Okay. So, um, kind of going backwards, uh, Bound and Blood, how long were you guys inactive before you played that show? Uh, I believe we were inactive for two years. And cause remember we broke up, we did a tour with, uh, gone without trace. We got home and then our drummer, you know, he kind of like was like the money of the, for the band. Like he handled all the money, paid for everything. Uh, I was only, I think 17 when we did that tour. And once we got home from that, it was like, I don't know, 30, you know, 31 days or something. And, you know, just the money pit, you know, the reality kicked in for him. And he's like, yo, I can't do this. I can't afford it. You know, none of us, you know, and the band had a job except for him. And so, I mean, it was, Battle Blow was his band anyways. Um, but uh, once he quit, you know, we try to like find other drummers and which is insane because I mean, our drummer at that time wasn't like the most technical drummer, but a lot of the drummers that we did find, they just didn't have like double pedal feet. And so we just kind of were like, we gave up, you know, we were like, fuck this, you know? And then, down the road once we decided that you know you know we could just do this locally like why do we have to tour you know it's fun just to fucking play a show here and there uh at the time showcase um joe would always give us like the first dibs on any touring lineup that was coming through so battle blood got to play like with just about every fucking metalcore band you could think of at that time um but um you know once we figured out that we could do local shows and whatever, like we didn't have to be like some kind of like national act or whatever. It should be fun. Then we decided like, Oh, we, we, let's just do a show showcase and do a comeback show. And, you know, I set the whole thing up and, um, yeah, it's worth it. But that was the only good show. The cyber union show. Cause every show after that was kind of like, man, you know, it, it, it didn't live up to that reunion show as far as the energy. And, and at that point, did you just kind of like let it fizzle out? Because um, it's so hard for me to remember like that long ago, because I, I remember I, I saw you guys there and I know for sure I saw you at least once or twice after that. But then you guys just kind of like dipped out. Like I, I just never really heard anything from Bound and Blood again. Yeah, we did one more show. Was it 2008 or something? Um, that was a showcase as well. And I don't remember if we hyped it up as like our last show. I think we just kind of like knew it was going to be. And um, that one definitely wasn't fun. It kind of like, you know, made us realize that like, okay, like we definitely like kind of like worn out our welcome, especially at Showcase. You know, we were almost like a house band there. We were there like once a month, if not every other couple of months. And, um, you know, we just kind of like, you know, it's not fun anymore. So we just stopped, you know, but I mean, me and those guys are always talking, you know, we're, we're all in touch still. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it just fizzled out. You know, we still have um, re-recordings that we want to do, but just no time. You know, life kind of gets in the way of it all. But yeah, we still have songs, you know, lying around and stuff. Like songs you guys never released or just um, songs that you guys re-recorded? There's one song that we never released at all. We played it, I think, maybe two or three times. I can't even remember what song it is. I can't remember the song title or anything. But there is one song for sure that we never um, recorded. We might have it recorded live. I have have cassettes, uh, video cassettes and stuff as well of our of our live shows and like practices and stuff so i might have to dig that up or see if i have that at all but uh otherwise no there's we did two our guitar player daniel when he's at home he just kind of gets bored so he records songs or he'll send me songs so i do but um i think we have i think who do you think you are and Song. I think some ideas are poisonous. We have those two songs that he redid, like he retracted all the guitars and retracted the drums, and he tried to make it like uh, I guess more aggressive. But, okay. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. Not, not, nothing like unreleased or anything. And have you ever redone vocals? <laughs> I think I. I think I started to. Because I was demoing songs for um, the band we did after that, which is Darson. Uh, and he had sent me those songs during me trying to do uh, like rough mixes or whatever. And uh, I think I started to, and then I realized that he didn't finish out one of the one of the songs. And so I was just kind of like, yeah, like it's not even done, fuck it. And I just, I just shelved it. So I don't know. I, apparently he says he wants to like finish it up and still, you know, go to a studio or whatever and just do it just to do it. But otherwise that's about it. As far as that goes, as far as I know is a uh, bound in blood on like Spotify or Apple music. No, mainly because I don't feel like paying. I think it's like $20 for the year or something. But, um, like I don't even feel like paying that, so I just I still want Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. I threw it up on YouTube, but um, yeah, like I basically just direct everybody to Bandcamp and YouTube if that's what they want. And I just I actually sold out the rest of our CDs, which I'm pumped on because it was just taking up space in my room. So, well, I I think it would be cool if you guys actually finished up those re-recordings and actually put it out on the streaming platforms. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of things like you know that we have, uh, not like we like Bound on Blood, but because um, me and Daniel also did Darson together, and so you know I think I have like six Darson songs left to record, and then the two Bound on Blood songs to redo, and um, yeah, I mean realistically, I mean, I'd love to re-record all that shit, you know, and. I mean, we went through the guitar player for Blood Stand Still, and I think we were the first band that ever that uh, Dan. I don't know if you know Dan, 
but Dan and Art were the ones that recorded the, our full length, and they just kind of like, you know, all right, get you in, try guitars, try drums, all right, vocals, and all right, it's done. You know, like there's no like mixing, no mastering, nothing to it. I mean, that whole CD is just like straight raw, you know. So there's like no like punch to it. My vocals are just fucking terrible. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't know what the fuck I was doing, really. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see get back and redo it all and, you know, make it sound better, you know, better drumming. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the plans. We talk again, me and Daniel, we talk about it a lot. You know, we will definitely want to do something like that. For sure. I, I think it would be awesome just to be able to have it there and let people kind of like stumble upon it or, you know, people like me who still like the band. I, I, th- I think it'd be cool to hear like a new take on it and just be able to access it um, easier. Cause I honestly, when I do want to listen to you guys, cause I lost like my old iPod. So I, I don't really have any of like the older stuff that I used to have. So I do go to YouTube and listen to, to like the old records. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know if you've uh, seen that. Um, I'm kind of like an, uh, I don't, want, I hate to say like, oh, I'm an archivist or whatever, but um, a lot of the demos that I collected throughout the years, you know, from the Battle of Blood days, whatever, even before that, you know, I started to slowly, you know, throw them up on YouTube, you know, mainly because, you know, I start, I started to see, you know, like. It's the same thing like for Battle of Blood, for example, you know, like you got like all these new kids um, from Corona, even like I was hanging out with the, the guys from Soul Search and, you know, I had told them something about like, oh, yeah, like oh, my band Battle of Blood, like we had like showcase and they're like, never heard of you guys. And, you know, it's just like, what the fuck, you know, because I mean, we were there like on every fucking show, you know, at least what seems to us every show. And, you know, it was just crazy that, you know, those guys never even had heard of us, even though their group of friends knew who we were because we used to play with the Balba and um, whatever, you know. So, um, but, I, you know, I've always noticed that, you know, shit gets lost to time, you know, and especially as the scene grows up and grows out, you know, bands get forgotten, you know. I don't know. It's just to me, it's like sad to see when bands just get forgotten, especially ones that were like really fucking good, you know, for our time, that era at least. You know, there's always some legit bands, you know, like Fallen Angel or Samara, um, The Hate, you know, just bands that like never really like did anything big, but were super like solid, you know. And, and even for me, I, I didn't appreciate a lot of those bands up until I started like revisiting them and started like, you know, throwing them back on YouTube and, you know, just listening to them like, holy shit, like, you know, I don't know how many years later, but now I can appreciate it as like a, as an adult, you know, I don't know if, because I was stuck in this whole beat down hardcore thing at that, at that time, you know, just wanted, you know, anything throw down or anything barrier dead and shot around. But, um, you know, now that I've grown out of like, not throw down or anything, but I've grown out of the whole beat down phase. And um, now I can appreciate all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, I just noticed a lot of things get lost of time and, you know, try to keep that. A lot of our local scene, I guess, those bands alive in some way, you know, 
because a lot of the time it's a lot of these are people's legacies, you know, even though it's a demo, you know, it could be five songs or whatever, but these people are now 30, mid thirties or some shit. And now they could be like, Oh shit. Like, Hey, this is dad's band, you know? So. Yeah. So I, I, I think know. it would, um, would be important, but I, I definitely feel you. Cause like when I was younger, just like getting into hardcore, I, I felt like I was so like, kind of like scatterbrained. I, I it didn't make sense to me that hardcore was so divided because uh, for me, I, I've always liked everything. I, I dabbled in like the beat down, the, you know, the, the posy stuff, the, you know, the New York hardcore style and just being young and just not really having a lot of access to stuff. Cause this is like before like the internet really took off. So I was mm-hmm. uh, basically finding out about bands by like, you know, friends letting me borrow CDs or actually going out and seeing bands for the first time and finding out about them that way. So I definitely did miss out on certain bands when they were in their prime or there were bands I didn't appreciate in real time just because I never knew where any of this was going bands break up, you know, there's bands from when I first started that are still around. So that's cool. But I I definitely think it's important for people to understand that there's a history to every scene and it's cool to go back and be able to listen to, you know, stuff from like the generation before you and and appreciate that. And who knows, maybe one day be able to see those bands when they come back and maybe do like a reunion show or some sort of like celebration. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands from that period that, you know, obviously, you know, the early 2000s that are coming back and doing like reunion shows and shit like that. And I guess the ones that only bother me are the ones that are just so out of touch with hardcore, you know, that that like, that rubs me like the wrong way. And um, I can't, I can't really like, I don't even really want to pinpoint like a band or anything or yeah, call cool. a band out or whatever. But there's definitely, you know, bands out there that are like you know that they forgot like where they came from you know there's bands you know they're like national actors stuff like that you know they forget where they come from and it's to me that's like just like the worst thing ever you know because you can see them on like these showcase flyers and shit like that open up you know on a hardcore build and all this stuff and then you know they you know they're at where they're at now and they give no credit to like the hardcore scene you know and that's the kind of shit like like rubs me the wrong way yeah it's, it's always strange to me because <laughs> um, I, I i don't understand how like people can just like turn their back on hardcore or like it's always weird to me when, when people just say like they've just like grown up and i was like uh, i was like i didn't realize this was for kids this is like you know for everybody it's weird yeah mind-blowing that's what i always tell everyone i was like like the same with like people when they sell out or something you know it's like like you know they go dive they dive into cigarettes like you know beer fine or whatever they dive into cigarettes and shit like that and it's just like what the fuck like of all things you know like like fine you sold out whatever the fuck but why like cigarettes you know or you know and they go like oh fuck yeah i don't give a fuck you know that was then you know this is me now you know i don't know it's just fucking crazy people are life is crazy (laughs) um were you ever into face down records face down records yeah yes i I actually was uh i don't i mean i'm not gonna say the first because i'm not sure if i was the first uh virginia dunn had said it at one point 
Um, but I'll just say, like, I was like one of the first people to do the street team for Face Down Records. Oh, wow. I was, like, in high school, and I used to pass out. Uh, they had, like, a, the sampler with the figure four on the front of it or whatever. It's like a blue cover. And uh, they sent me, like, 50 of those or something and, like, some flyers. And I just go to high, my high school and pass them out to everybody. I give them all, like, the, the football team, you know, and, like, those dudes used to, like, go to the gym and be like, dude, that shit pumped me up. And like, you know, so, you know, a lot, while a lot of like the skater dudes, like in my high school, like we're getting like picked on or, you know, bullied by like the football kids or some shit, you know, they were all like coming to me like, yo dude, like, what do you got now? You know? And so I like burn them like mixed CDs, you know, the hate breed. In fact, my friend Joel, um, he played in a band down the road or down the, I don't know. This band called Beauty Dashes. I don't know if you can do that band. They were on Pluto Records. But uh, yeah, I mean, I gave him like a hate breed demo and then, or a hate breed uh, CD or some shit. And, you know, he said, like, oh, that's like changed my life. You know, it's just like, that's fucking sick. So, but hate breed, man, still the best. Dude, I don't understand how they keep doing it after all these years. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just saw him, you know, uh, with, with Guar a few months ago or whatever. Still, I mean, great. Were you around for that show they played at Showcase under like that code yeah. name? Well, yeah, yeah, Call for Blood. Uh, I hated that show. <laughs> Why? Because, it, um, I don't know, maybe it's like the elitist in me at that time, but uh, I just, it was just way too crowded, first of all. But a lot of those kids that were there were like the Ozfest kids. And, um, it was just something that was like, you know, like, you know, we, we all went into that show being like, this is going to be like the most intimate time. We're going to see hate breed. Probably the last time we'll see hate breed in the setting like this. And, uh, you know, to just see, you know, like 400 people in there, you know, all like in Marilyn Manson, slip not shirts and shit, and just kind of like hunk it up all over Jamie and, just being staged potatoes basically. And I, I just fucking walked out. I think I just watched like four songs or something. And I was like, fuck this. I just left. This song got outside, but, um, you know, obviously now I kind of regret it. I probably should like took advantage of like the head walking or like jumping out the balcony or something. But, uh, at the time I fucking was just like, fuck this. Same with like Shai Halou. Shai Halou played that with Chad Gilbert. Uh-huh. They did like a, re- a reunion tour, Chad Gilbert, and same fucking thing. It was like all these newfound glory fans <laughs> went to the showcase and, and just mobbed the stage. And, you know, instead of like people singing along to Shy Halloween, you got a bunch of mush mouthers just hugging up on, on Chad, you know, and it was just like, fuck, man. I had seen like Shy like four of the times before that with like other singers and never that, you know, kind of reaction or turnout. But, um, yeah, that was, that was still a fun show, but very annoying. Okay, and see that that whole like time from like because I, I started going to shows in two thousand two, so from then until showcase closed, I was just still so like young and like green like in hardcore. So I, I just was down to go to like any show and just see every band because like I just wanted to soak up yeah. as much knowledge as I could. Yeah, and see, that's like another thing as well. And I, 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 I talk about this, like this whole thing with um, friends, you know, I go to shows and shit, is that like even 
just the idea of like going to a show to hang out is like it's like a lost art, you know. Like people just don't go to shows to check out bands anymore, and, and that's like the one thing I, I I really hate about like social media, like Bandcamp, iTunes Music, Spotify, and all that shit, is because like. And, and I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I do it now. Like, uh, my band Knock Loose. I never even listened to that band up until, I think, two weeks ago. And I was like, okay, let me see what it's about, you know. But uh, I'm sort of a jaded kid, so I was kind of, I kind of wrote it off still. But, um, but ki- I mean, kids don't do that, you know. Like, they just, they're quick to go, okay, let's see who's opening up. All right, I'm going to jump on band camp. This band, man, they kind of suck. I was show up late, you know. And, like, it just fucking sucks that like you know like I go to a, I have a friend's band Rot World that like opened up a show at Program and it's like you know I mean there's a few people there but it's like you know early 2000s that whole fucking whole place would be full you know just just there to fucking support just all the bands and not just go in there to see the one band or two bands they want to see but um you know it's it's another thing that's that's just lost, you know, but again, I'm guilty of it as well. But, you know, to me, it's like, I've heard, I've heard and seen all the bands I needed to, I guess, for the most part, you know, there's some bands I still get excited about. But, um, you know, that's just the one thing I miss is like, you know, the, just go to a show and find a band that way, you know, cause I would have never heard like Marjorie, you know, um, I don't know. Marjorie is like the biggest one that comes to mind, honestly. You know, I would never have cared to see them um, when they came to showcase the first time. And, uh, you know, but me just hanging out, you know, being a social fucking butterfly and just being there. And then them starting with like mind blown, you know? And yeah, I still try to do that some bands you know if i have a friend's band that's like come out on tour from the east coast or something i'll try to show up early and see all the bands but um never get that feeling i don't get that same excitement i guess from a lot of the opening bands i don't know if it's because of the era that we're in as far as like this revival scene that we got going but um but yeah i i that's something else i miss about the early 2000s, you know, the before the internet, you know, went in full gear. Yeah. And it's definitely strange to have been able to experience both because I, I do remember a time when you would see a hardcore kid like out at the mall. And if you didn't know him, you'd be like, holy shit, like, who is that? Like, and you go and try to like talk to him and see where they're from because it was always just like, it was still kind of like a, like underground like subculture and mm-hmm. to see another person that was into the same stuff as you was like exciting but now uh, with the internet and things being like way more like prevalent because of social media it's uh not that rare to see somebody like on the street wearing a hardcore t-shirt yeah and and it's harder now because we're like in such um in this merch culture era you know and it's it's hard to be like, oh shit, you know, you like so and so, and you know, whatever. And kids just kind of like, oh yeah, like yeah, they're kind of sick. Like oh shit, like dude, this fucking song, that fucking breakdown, or whatever. And they're just kind of like looking you blank, you know, because they're not really listening to the band. They're just, you know, they saw you know a hundred other kids on some fucking Facebook merch swap, you know, hyping them up. They buy the fucking shirt too, or whatever. And, 
expecting to kind of like, I don't know, same kind of a cool guy credit or some shit. And, you know, then you start trying to talk to them. They're just fucking like, I don't fucking know. Like, yeah, the band's sick, you know, but it's like, I don't know. That's what you see like that guy on YouTube. Uh, was it Jared Dines? I think he does the the segment of like name three songs of the the shirt of the band you're wearing or something. And a lot of people struggle, you know, because a lot of people don't like pay attention to bands. But um, or like, like the songs, you know, they probably pay attention to bands. It's not the songs or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, like if I see a kid in the mall wearing a hardcore shirt or something, you know, I, I'm more quick to kind of like give him the shoulder than than kind of like a a respect nod, you know, because you know, to me, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, you're like, you're like, you're you're like 15, you know, wearing some shirt, you know, of a band that you probably like never saw or something. I but um, I don't know. Like again, I, I again, I have like a sort of jaded uh, mindset, you know. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that. But um, yeah, for me, yeah. uh, these days. W- w- it depends on the shirt. Like if it's, um, and this is me being like kind of judgy, um, just d- d- depending on how popular the band is, like if they've made it to like warp tour or something, I probably won't say anything because chances are, um, I could run into that situation where they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I'm trying to talk about the music and I don't want to be in that situation or I could just be skipping over somebody who actually knows their stuff. But I, I tend to um, shout out the people who are wearing like the like newer hardcore bands or like the the ones that are like up and coming. So I'm like, okay, because in my mind, I'm like, okay, that person actually listens to the music because if they're wearing this T-shirt of a band that's not well known, they must be into it. So I'm like more keen on talking to those kind of people that I don't know versus like seeing like the random kid in the mall wearing like a super popular band yeah you know like i i found myself shouting out people that are like wearing like a vandal shirt or something i felt like some girl at starbucks you know with like a descendants tattoo and i was like oh that's sick you know or you know a girl had a uh a, a vandal's um koozie and i was like oh that's that's fucking awesome you know and and like they get all stoked you know just for like something like little like that and but you know again with hardcore shit it's kind of like eh, man like i'm not gonna go there <laughs> and uh, i'm actually curious like um why are you so jaded i don't know honestly i think i think a lot of it stems from just touring you know i i, I mean you know I, I, after bound on blood i you know i, I started touring with um other bands and uh i was touring with suicide silence Doom, abigail williams six year gun um you know some local bands as well and you know just any chance i had the opportunity to kind of like get out you know I, w- I would go out with whoever um but um you know just kind of like being exposed to how every scene was you know and especially like with my own band, um, just kind of like, I don't know. Like I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it stems a lot from like just the hardcore kids, you know, like the, the newer ones or whatever the fuck, the ones that kind of like come and go, you know, I know that will come and go. And, um, yeah, we did like a tour with Marauder. And that really was just kind of like, all right, you know, fuck this. <laughs> you know, I fucking hate these kids. And 
you know, and a lot of those kids that were like assholes then, like aren't even into hardcore now, you know, they're all like fucking like SoundCloud, you know, rapper dudes and, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, but, um, you know, that's kind of like, I guess where it really stems from. And, um, just people kind of like writing me off as like, like, Oh, you're like, you know, they look at me like I'm like a new kid, you know, obviously I can't like assume everyone knows, you know, like my history with shows or, you know, my history with like other bands and whatever the fuck I've done in my, in my hardcore life or whatever. But, um, you know, just like the way they would come up to me and just kind of, you know, fuck all these kids, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, oh, and you're, you're in this band now. I remember you fuck your band, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to give your band the time of day. And, and it is kind of like, you know, you, you be something for so long, a certain way it just becomes you. And that's kind of like what happened, you know, it's kind of like, now I'm just kind of like an asshole all the time to everything, you know, relating to hardcore and it fucking sucks. You know, I mean, I can be honest, there's a lot of bands I sleep on, you know, like that band Inclination, I think they're fucking sick. Uh, Suburban Scum was like another one where I was like, I just fucking wrote them off. And then once I heard hanging, the hanging by thread EP, I was just like, holy fuck, man. Like, this is incredible. You know, so it, sometimes it bites me in the ass, you know, to, to be like a jaded kid or whatever. But um, a lot of the times it's kind of like, I, honest, I, I could also not give a fuck just because, you know, again, like a lot of these kids that are, are in the hardcore scene now, you know, they're sitting at home on their computers wishing they saw like 18 visions in the prime or throw down with Keith Barney or, you know, I don't know. You know, just all like that whole era, you know, seven days of plague, you know, all these kids are like wishing they saw that. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I saw that. It was great. You know? And like, like stop caring about that whole thing. Like just care about what you guys got now or whatever. And, you know, and I'll care about what I had then, you know, because it's, to me, like a lot of the shows now are like, it's not for me, you know, like this is like these kids time and not, it's not my time anymore. So, you know, I go, I go see the bands that I want to see, see the friends that I want to see. And then I just, you know, I leave and go on about my day. You know, I, I've had a, a ton of friends over the years who become jaded and not really want to listen to the newer stuff. And that always just didn't make any sense to me because I, I definitely get that it's hard um, because there's like so many new bands popping up all the time. But I guarantee that my friends who are jaded, they're there's a band out there for them. They just have to just do it like they did in the beginning, like have that same drive uh-huh. to want to listen and find music because we all didn't just, you know, get into this and know every single record, all the bands that we like, know. like we had to go out and find out what we were actually into discover our, our own taste. So like you talking about how you like slept on suburban scum and you checked out inclination. I, I think that's cool because like there are bands for everybody. Like if you ever liked hardcore and you become jaded because you think like hardcore is not good anymore. Like I, I don't believe that. I, I always believe that there's a band out there that will fit your taste. If you ever liked hardcore, you just have to go out and find it. Yeah. You know, I, again, I, I try, you know, there's, there's, there's so many times where I sing, go like, uh, like I, I want to be stoked. You know, I, 
I want to be stoked on hardcore the way I was stoked on it. You know, when I was, um, fuck, man, 13, 12, 13, you know, when I first was kind of like, not when I was like first exposed to it, because I, I, I first started listening to hardcore before I knew it was hardcore, you know, when I was like in fourth grade, that's like as far back as I can remember, like, I listened to Crow Max Best, uh, Best Wishes, and, you know, not even realizing, like, oh, you know, like it was in my uncle's collection, you know, so I didn't, you know, think anything of it, but um, I thought why I was going into this, but, um, yeah, it's just um, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of good bands, and you know, I, I definitely try to like, you know, get that energy back. You know, but it, it's just to me, it's just not the same. Especially when I go to a show, you know, and it's like I see like this giant horseshoe now. You know, I, the the crowd killing thing doesn't bother me at all. To me, it's just kind of like yeah, if I don't feel like inhale, stand in the back. I don't. Care. I have no problem with standing in the back and being that fucking guy. But um, you know, if I I hate just I just hate how seeing how like shows are now because you know I went going for like showcase and even before that I was going to this place called the Barn and uh, in Riverside and um, you know like just always like good energy you know no horseshoes they're always like three or four rows of people up front constantly singing along you could always head walk stage dive or whatever the fuck you know there's always someone there to pick you up you know someone to fall on or some shit and you go now and it's just kind of like it's like almost dead like i saw bane not too long ago no i'm not gonna say not too long ago but it was like fuck four or five years ago or some shit at chain and it was like the vibe and everything was even then was just kind of like shot to me i just like yeah it's not fun anymore i don't know you know to me and i i still feel that when i go to shows now yeah, no, I, I definitely think you're right about that because back in like the early 2000s, I remember like you would have to like fight to get in the pit. There was so much more crowd participation, like like you said, more people singing yeah. along and it was easier to stage dive. I, I don't even think people head walk anymore because like I don't think there's enough people to actually do that yeah. too. No heads to walk on. Yeah. So they're definitely um, I feel like there is like a lack of like crowd participation versus back then. Because, yeah, because like I do remember being in showcase and having to like fight through the people singing along just to try to get on stage to jump off. And then just like at like it, it would be like more than a handful of kids just moshing. It would literally be like everybody just like, you know, getting like, you know, their time in the pit. It, the the last time that like I really had fun at a show, it was like it's really surprising because it was like a, of all the fucking places it was at the observatory. I saw okay. um, the Pure Noise tour with the uh, Stay Two Guns and uh, Counterparts. Oh yeah, that, that was recent. Yeah, it was super recent. And like of all the places, like I mean, I didn't come out of, like March retirement. Definitely came out of stage diving retirement because they did uh, Stay Two Guns opened with. Um, unite with keep barney and so it's just like like how the fuck you know like am i not gonna like take advantage of this moment but like of all the shows you like you could head walk stage dive and all this shit and i did five times or something like that within like the span of that like one minute 30 second song you know yeah but like that was like incredible and that was like one of those moments where it's kind of like you felt like i felt like like you know this is like a showcase moment you know where you just jump in 
jump off and whatever the fuck, you know, and just keep doing it, you know, and nobody getting mad, you're not getting punched in the back of your head or anything, you know. Great fucking time, just for that, just for that two minutes of my life, you know, it was a fucking amazing time. And, um, you know, you can't, there's nowhere else you can do that. You can't, like, I don't know, chain maybe, I don't know. Like, I, like you have to go, like, House of Blues, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I saw that, like, that Knock Loose Stitch Your Gun show, you know, sold out of House of Blues, you know. I don't know. It kind of sucks that you have to like go to a show like that in order to like kind of like crowd surf even, you know, can't stage dive or anything, but but observatory, I don't know, man. They're stepping it up. They they allow stage diving at that show. They continue to have that at every hardcore show. It's be a good time over there. Yeah. In my opinion, um, that's like the best venue in Orange County. Obviously it's owned by the same guy who owns chain, but, um, Mm -hmm. they definitely like made a shift and started putting all like the better shows at the observatory and chain will uh, occasionally get like, uh, you know, good shows here and there. But I feel like, um, it's like way different now than it used to be. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I talked to, uh, I talked to the guy who, um, does some of the booking at at chain you know and i asked him like you could, i have to bury the live life right there which again another show that should have been like amazing time or whatever and to quite honestly i felt like it was a little shot you know like the energy it was like i think buried alive and e-town concrete e-town concrete had a good reaction but buried alive man one of my favorite bands and it was, to me i felt like it was a little shot but um but uh fuck i hate when i do that Lost track of my mind. No, we're talking about, you said you, you talked to the guy who booked the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. About, um, you know, like, weren't the, the more hardcore shows here? You know, I was like, yeah, this show, and then, like, what's the next hardcore show? You know, they're, and you just already said, you know, like, yeah, like, hardcore shows don't really pay the bills. You know, so that's why they don't really do the hardcore shows over there as often. But, um, you know, you get the occasional one here and there, but... Not yeah. like before, you know. Yeah, you no. Fucking Jane Rocky Flower. You were seeing like every other day. It was like same as like Showcase, you know. Like, like bands just hit Showcase the next night, hit Chain Reaction. So anything that was going to show, you could catch the next night Chain Reaction. And uh, yeah, definitely not like that at all anymore. You know, I think I went on the Chain Reaction site the other day. You know, those are like a lot of like pop punk stuff, you know, and pay to play stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, hardcore doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> Which is, yeah, which I get it. Obviously, like they're running a business, so they're not going to want to ha- like have a show that doesn't really make them money. Does it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But that's why I like venues like program, like the DIY stuff, because like yeah, venues like that are like, you know, definitely going to help keep hardcore alive. Yeah. And I, and, uh, I was going to say too that observatory as well, uh, hardcore dudes are running that place. I got last when I went there for that pure noise tour, all the dudes that were running the door or at least the ticket window were um dudes from Soul Search and uh Skinfather. You know, yeah. so and uh and Nate from Zabalbo, uh, I think he's also like a um like stage manager there or something. But you know, but it's all like hardcore ran as well, you know. I mean that's probably another reason why I was kinda of like, yo, like let these kids just go wild, you know. Like we'll handle it if anything happens, you know. But I mean, shit like that is great, you know. That's what made Showcase so great was that. Um, to me, what made Showcase at that time, at least in the early two thousands, what made Showcase so great was that it was ran by, 
by punk guys, you know, and Chain Reaction to me really kind of was in run by punk dudes, even though the the guy in that period was a uh, John, he was more like a ska dude. I met him uh, when he was running a record label called Vegas Records. And, um, you know, he was sort of affiliated with like, the whole the ska scene. I don't know so much about his punk credibility, but um, like Ron for Final Conflict um, used to book us at Chain Reaction a lot. You know, so I mean, it was kind of like a, you know, sort of like unbalanced there. But um, to me, that's what made Showcase so great, which is that they were, it was ran by punk dudes. And they were just kind of like, yeah, well, do whatever the fuck you want. You know, just you guys control yourselves and anything goes. And that's what made it so great, you know, chain reaction. I think for a period, they wouldn't even let you stage dive or do anything, you know? Yeah, I've definitely gotten kicked out of a chain for stage diving before. Yeah, I got kicked out of a Circus Survive show. When Circus Survive first came out, I got kicked out of there. Yeah, it's funny. Like John. <laughs> I, I, I got yeah. uh, kicked out of, it was a, a day to remember. They were touring on that uh, first record. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I had like just gotten my cast off from like breaking my hand. So it was like the first show that I was able to like, you know, have like fun and not like worry about hurting my hand. And literally I was like three songs in and I like stage dive and security grabbed me. They're like, you're done. Get out. And I was like, what the hell? This is stupid. Yeah. And, and you know, again, it's better now because, uh, you got Andy, that, uh, like kind of, I don't know if he owns it or runs it or I don't know. But, uh, you know, he's a hardcore dude. He's the one that, uh, uh, in 2002, when I went to Hellfest, I met up with him. And he was like, yo, we're going to see Between the Barrier and Me tomorrow. And I was like, who the fuck is Between the Barrier and Me? And he was like, oh, man, you got to listen to the band. And so he, like, gave me the self-titled CD to listen to the night before we were going to see him. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he showed me all kinds of fucking bands, you know, back in the day. And, um, but, you know, now he's, like, the main dude at Chain now. And, uh, you know, I think that kind of helps, you know, when hardcore shows do come through and shit, you know, it's not as like as strict, you know, and people are kind of like more in touch with like how the kids are, you know, not like before, you know, like you started mosh and you got kicked out or something, you know? Yeah. So like people just didn't like really understand. They thought it was like, you know, just too violent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you never experienced that at showcase showcase. You can just fucking punch whoever the fuck you know and they kind of just didn't give a fuck you know and they only yeah. give a fuck when once they got too out of hand or something but that was very rare anyway but in reaction it was like very uh, strict in, in that time i guess yeah, I never understood like the upstairs for showcase you know like that weird like narrow staircase to go where like they'd have merch yeah yeah, it was always so that, strange that, to, to me. That was awesome. Dude. That, that whole out balcony was, to me, the best thing because if you like, if you, you were just like, um, just wanting to watch the show or something, and you could see it from the top, and it looked it looked incredible. You know, it feels like a a full house. It looked awesome. You know, just seeing the kids go wild. Like I remember seeing like addicts or uh, Soji, you know, there, and it's just like fucking insane seeing those kind of you know those shows from the balcony you know i think falling cycles last show there you jump off it you know and plenty of heads to fall on but um i love the balcony the balcony was great the only time i didn't like the balcony is when 25 to life would come through oh because they had too much merch (laughs) 
Dude, man, that was a whole flea market up there. He took up the entire fucking back. The only time I ever saw them was at Showcase. Yeah. Uh, I think we played with them three or four times at Showcase. And uh, yeah, man, that's just fucking annoying. It was almost like annoying because you, we couldn't set up merch. We had to like set up like in the back of the arcade or something, you know? And like, I don't know. I, I definitely overdid it with the merch. I definitely like that they have that arcade because I, I do remember times where there was like a band on that I, I wasn't really into. So I would just go play Street Fighter. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, did you time, ever uh, go to that pizza place next door? Yeah. we. Well, uh, I, all, all my free time I used to go there. I think me and, and the, the original drum for Seaside Silence, we went there a few years ago when it was still open. Oh, wow. Um, it still kind of tastes like shit. You know, it was like it was like car. It was like it was like a little Caesar, like a mom and pop little Caesar. Like the like cross always felt like cardboard. But um, yeah, it was, it was great. You know, especially like when we would play a show there or whatever. I remember when when Down and Blood first started playing shows there, we couldn't get a pizza for free. Like we'd have to like go buy it ourselves or whatever. And then once we started like you know being able to like headline a show there or whatever the fuck um and we'd get free pizza and i was like amazing but you know when i think about it now it's kind of like man that pizza fucking sucked <laughs> it was terrible pizza i just remember that just being like the easiest option because uh, like the friends who would drive like sometimes wouldn't want to leave to go like to del taco down the road so it was easy yeah. just to get a pizza and just eat it in the parking lot and then just go back into the show <sighs> Oh man, a quick ticket for bubble guts. <laughs> um, man, I, I saw so many cool shows at the showcases. Like, I remember I went to um, it was Face Down Fest 2005 because they moved it from Glass House to, to the showcase. And oh, they moved it back. Yeah, yeah, and that shit was crazy. The Face Down Fest were always so fucking fun, dude. I I didn't really like them at. at at Glass, I think the one I went at Glass House was uh, was Shockwave. I know that Shockwave did showcase as well. I remember, I remember the face off at Glass House being with Shockwave, and then they, and then I think that the year after was when they went back to um, went back to showcase. But yeah, I loved face off Fest. Those were those were always a fun time. Just a different vibe as well, you know. I mean, totally different audience, you know. Then seeing like uh, Bleeding Through, Eighteen Visions show. It was just, I don't know, the, the mentality was different. And uh, I, I think that's why I, I really fell into the the Christian hardcore scene at that time. And um, I, just, I just always had fun just because the mentality was, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say open-minded, but it kind of was. You know, I'm more willing to like accept you with open arms than I guess, a, you know, another show where, where clicks were already formed and stuff so yeah i i feel like it's strange now because like i don't know if it's because i'm out of touch or maybe it's just not there but like i i don't feel like christian hardcore is like really like a big thing anymore <laughs> it's not you know it's funny because i i just watched uh i don't know if you watch a youtube channel punk rock nba but uh there's a video on youtube that explains that you know and that's so funny that you bring that up because i just watched it a couple days ago you know that all even all the the major bands you know from that that time aren't even like under the the 
Christian banner anymore. They're just kind of like Christian guys in a metal band or something, you know, deal. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think like for, for today was like one of the bigger ones and they're done. Gideon just gave up their Christianity cards. Oh, wow. Um, uh, the war of ages is still fucking going. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah. The, I did that, uh, tour, the green, the prayer tour with the pending doom, the very first one. And I, I, I would say the shows were decent except for like Montana. I think 21 people paid in Montana, something like that. But, um, I, to me, I felt like that was kind of like the last, like, hurrah for the Christian hardcore scene or the Christian metalcore scene. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, but, uh, you know, I feel like it hasn't been that healthy since. And uh, I can't remember the last face down fest. Last one I went to, I think, was uh, in Chino at the Stronghold. And that that seemed to be all right as far as I re- remember. But, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you a single Christian band that's active right now. Yeah. Me? No, same here. But, like, I I feel like Face Down Records was, like, so important for that movement. And then I just don't know where they went wrong. Because they had so many solid bands. Like, you, you just go back and think about, like, the roster, like, bands, like, No Innocent Victim, In Due Time, um, bloody Sunday, dude. Sinai Beach. Yeah, I'm falling cycle. Torn in two. Captain yeah. Stone. Dude. Point of recognition. Yes, point of wreck. Holy shit, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Combat kid. Yeah, all fucking bang yeah. hands. Yeah, and then I just don't know what happened. It, it just, I, I never like, I, I, I just never thought that 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 style or like that record label would like you know be what it is today. Just because back then in like, you know, the early 2000s, they just had such a solid lineup. And then it just, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, again, it's just like the, 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 the wave, you know, it, it just comes and goes. And, you know, I'm sure just like everything else, you know, it's, it's going to cycle back around. It'll pick back up again, but there needs to just be that one, that one big band to really blow it up, you know, I guess that like for there are two thousands, but it could be like Zayo, um, Zayo and Under Oath, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know even like Under Under Oath, you know, pushed for a while as well. I mean, they went to showcase I think three times, you know, within like two years or something. And I saw them in a basement, you know, when they were still like a black little band and stuff. And uh, you know, but like once they blew up with the Changing the times. I, I would say they blew up with changing the times. Everyone else would be like, oh, reinventing your exit or whatever the fuck. But, um, you know, I feel like when once changing the times blew up or was released, man, they fucking, they were gone, you know? And, um, but there's this, you know, there's no band right now that, that can really lead the way. There's, you know, I don't know, like War of Ages. Again, to me, like when I think Christian, metalcore something like war of ages is the only band that comes to mind and there's probably other ones you know that i i mean i went on the face on uh facebook not so long ago just seeing like what they got you know going on but i mean 
they're still pushing like my epic which or even like a hardcore band or anything but um you know there's just nothing you know there's there's no fucking band they're, they're always pushing war of ages so all right war of ages i guess no. the flag bearers of christian metal you yeah. know and i don't know i remember gideon, I, I, gideon was getting there but then you know you know it's funny i was in florida like um like over the weekend and we're at the we're in tampa and at the orpheum it was um devil devil wars prada gideon and mm. God, there's another band i can't remember who else was on it but um i didn't even know that gideon was like still like active like that yeah dude they're they're like they're, I mean, again, they just gave with their Christian cards too. So I don't, I don't know if you kept up with them at all. Um, their old guitar player used to be our booking agent for Darlson, and so that's how I kind of know Gideon. Okay. Follow them or whatever to the to the extent of today, but um, he's not in the band anymore. But I still just keep up with them. But um, man, like that band, what a one eighty. I mean, musically, everything, the message everything it's just like a total 180 man they're like it's like uh they have the dude from attila writing the lyrics now you know the <laughs> stuff music's like the, the music's like heavy as fuck it's like super like new metal i guess okay but I, I, mean, I, was, I was reading the lyrics and i was kind of like what the fuck it's like attila ignorant shit like it is it was like terrible you know and then, i don't know man like that band i don't know i don't know what happened with them those dudes are all fucking cool, but um, man, it's like you go one eighty, but it's like you do do it with taste almost, you know? It's just like it's, it was almost like it's like cringing, like how to me it's very try hard. Like yo, we're not a Christian band, so fuck, 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 you know? And it's just yeah. like oh my god, like like how old are you? You know? It's like yeah. It's like, you know, when I was 17, writing lyrics were like Bound of Blood, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, fuck this, fuck that too, you know? But it, it's like, man, like, come on, we're like in our 30s now. It's like, as, as a as a lyricist and all this, like, you want to you try to be better, you know, write better, you know, not to like focus on like, how many times can I say fucking shit just to fill a fucking syllable, you know? It's like, just find something, find another word, do something different, you know, like, like step up your writing because that band was, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I'm like a Christian or whatever, fuck, but like that band was good. You know, they had some fucking banger songs and you listen now, fuck man, like this is not good. You know, it's heavy. Great. You know, any band could be fucking heavy, but like now there's just no like substance there. It's just kind of like, yeah. You mentioned Darsum. Uh, do you guys have new stuff in the works? Uh, we have six songs left to record. Everything's done. It's just more of me finish up the vocals. Um, uh, I have a daughter, two, and I have another baby on the way. So it's just more trying to like find the time when. I could, you know, feel comfortable with blowing out my voice to get the fucking album done. Mm. That's like the one thing I've always struggled with is, uh, unless like on tour, I could, I could scream every day. My voice will go out, but like within like a day or two, like it'll come back like super fucking strong. But, you know, at home in the studio, like I could never 
keep my voice from like blowing out or going so something, you know, like I, uh, when I was like 17, 18, easy, you know, I remember doing battle blood demos and I could do it all fucking day, you know, wake up, scream, go to sleep, do it again, you know, but, um, my vocal cords now just don't allow it. And, uh, yeah. So with, you know, with one baby another one on the way, it's just hard to find the time to get these last six songs done. We released two of them as a, on a, on a cassette oh. and they're on Bandcap as well. But, um, yeah, man, we still have another four to do. And, you know, I've also to meet up with those guys tonight, but, um, shit happened and yeah, it's just, yeah, eventually it'll get done. You know, I definitely want to do it before I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how but, old are you uh, now? I'm 34. Okay. Uh, so I started, so I started screaming. I was I don't know, about 17 years old. I don't even know math. 17 years. Yes. 34. Some shit. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I was 17. <laughs> when I first started like really screaming and stuff and you know, uh, so we have a mutual friend. Well, we have mutual friends. Um, I, I didn't realize uh, Stephen used to play in Darsum. Yes, Stephen Greasy. Yes, and Stephen's a great guy. Um, I actually met him because we had a mutual friend um, from Canada, of all places, and um, through that, him and I got connected. We're actually um, going to h- hang out next weekend. We're actually working on something pretty big, um, but I probably already said too much, but that's crazy. I had no idea that he was in Darasum. Yeah, he actually decided to step out because of tensions with our other guitar player and our bass player at the time. And uh, what was, what's unfortunate about the whole thing was that the bass player at the time only, uh, he got in the band because of Steven or because of Ryan. I forget. They were, they are all like, those three dudes were like friends mm-hmm. outside of the band. Like, you know, they were already like hanging out and stuff and that's how they all knew each other and shit. But we, we were, when we were touring, um, the bass players, his name Austin, didn't like Steven, and they they would like try to one up each other, dude. Like, I mean, it got fucking wild. Like, like Austin wanted to shit in like Steven's shoes, or I don't know. Like, I mean, it was just very like unneeded drama. I mean, you know, when you're stuck in a fucking van, and um, you know, we got home, and Steven was just like, "Yo, dude, like." I can't, I can't handle it, you know? And I told him, you know, like, listen, like, it's got to be you or it's got to be, like, one of the other guys, you know? And he was just like, I'll just go. You know, he goes, those guys, they contribute a lot more, and, you know, I'll just step out, you know? So he stepped away, but, uh, you know, he before he stepped away, he wrote um, one more song for us, which was called The Anger Brigade, which is one of my, like, favorite songs that... that um that we wrote as a band like he like wrote the riffs and stuff but i mean the drummer kind of like structured it all together but um you know he stepped out to me on a good note but i i fucking love the guy you know he's a great dude you know um, he has very good intentions you know and it sucked seeing the way he was treated in our band you know like we couldn't fucking you know he was basically bullied you know, he was bullied in our band, and I, I couldn't fucking stop it, no matter how hard I tried. You know, because all those dudes were friends, and it was just kind of like, ah. 
you know, you're provoking it too. So whatever the fuck, you know, uh, yeah, Steven's great. I, I, I always send him up, you know, he's like, he always goes to shows and I always like text him. Oh, I'll meet up with you. Let's go. And then he ghosts me. I'm like, you motherfucker. You know, <laughs> you know um, I, I find that he's really busy because uh, the amount of work that he does for the hardcore scene, like not even accounting like for his like his normal life, but like yeah. the amount of like, you know, sets he goes out and records and all the, the editing he does and, and the quick turnaround for live sets and him being like a one man team. It's insane. Yeah, he's wild. I remember because I, I used to do it with my iPhone. You know, I would just go to a show and I'll just record a band I want to see. And he'd always, you know, he's like, dude, that's sick. Like, I think I want to do that. You know, and like he'd always like be like, hey, how'd you add this title onto here or what program are you using? You know, and then, you know, I now I text him and I'm like, you know, like, how are you mixing this sound? Like, this sounds insane. Like, what lens are you using? You know? So it's like, it's swinging, you know, and he's like really stepped it up and, you know, of course, as someone like who's like me, like who, you know, lives for kind of like archiving shit, you know, I love that he's doing it, you know, like he's out there, he's, you know, trying to just get as many bands as, as he can. And he just doesn't pick like one band like I would, you know, he's fucking, all right, six bands, how many fucking cards do I got? You know, he'll get the whole fucking thing. And, um, you know, kudos to that guy because that's a lot of fucking time. You know, I'll record one fucking band, and I'll come home and start into like Adobe Premiere, try to mix the sound here and there, and add the titles or whatever the fuck. And just one video, I'm like, fuck, man, like I couldn't imagine doing, you know, uh, that LBW, the, the Midwest Fest that he does, the Arizona Fest he just did, um, down in Fury. It's like, fuck that, man. Like, Doing like thirty fucking five band sets, like no way. Like kudos to him, you know. I, I love it. I love that he does it. And you know, without him again, you know, I wouldn't be listening to a lot. Of, the new bands that I do know is because of like his videos. Like listen how this sounds, and it's like, oh man, I don't feel like listening to this. And then listen, I'm like, oh fuck, that sounds great. Like who is this, you know? So you know, he helps keep my ear to the ground, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, man, he's a great guy. Yeah, he definitely does like a really great job. And for him being on the West Coast, like it's like he's really important to get those videos out. And for people in areas that those tours don't hit, like they're able to go to his page and be able to see stuff in high quality, which I I think is really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Someone used to do it, and you got eight five six on the other side. Yeah. You got Steven over here, so yeah. You have a an Instagram page where you kind of do like your own archiving, right? Yeah, it's uh, called Past Once Nourished. I basically stole it from Shai Halud, and um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I try to post what I can. It's a collection of uh, mainly my brother and mine collection, um. A lot of his stuff is like a lot of like the punk stuff. So like he had like a lot of the shots and stuff like that. And but like everything else, mine. There's some shit my dad collected too. My like we get it from my dad. My dad raised us to to appreciate music and collect everything. And um, you know it, it's 
it's really uh, leaked over into our lives. And, you know, my wife hates it. Like we were, we moved into a house from an apartment and, you know, we have everything boxed up and I'd come, you know, I wouldn't have picked up like, I don't know, two shoe boxes of like, uh, high eight tapes, uh, like recordings or whatever the fuck from like face sound fest. And like, I have like all this shit. I still need to like digitize. I like fly, like boxes of fly ticket stuff. You know, I bring it home. She's like, why the fuck are you still bringing shit here? Like you don't even have space for what you have now. You know? I just have all these shoe boxes of flyers and shit, you know, and CD demos, and, you know, like I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse because <laughs> I, I definitely love to to save shit and revisit shit, you know. And I look at a flyer and I was like, God, man, I forgot all about this shit. I forget about this band, you know, or whatever. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, past was nurse. I definitely wish when I was younger, I cherished those flyers that I stole from showcase more because I, yeah. I would definitely take the ones that I really wanted and I would, you know, come home and put them up on my wall. But then I just don't know what I did with them. I, I think I just one point, like, because for me, I, I don't really like having stuff, which sounds weird. Like the only thing that I have like an abundance of besides my clothes are like comic books. But when it comes to like movies or video games, I do everything digital because I just don't want to have a lot of things. I'm just like weird like that. And I'm just like, but it bums me out. Like when I see things like your Instagram page or like um, I'll see like Rev Records, like um, post up like an old flyer and it's like, yeah. damn, like I wish I had some of that old stuff that like, you know, from the time like when i was younger yeah I mean, there's a lot of shit that you know i've lost over the years like uh you know a lot of the stuff like i kind of like regret is like giving away like a lot of like my uh my suicide silence stuff and you know that i got in the very beginning when those dudes were kind of like coming up because <clears throat> now i can't like find any of that stuff and you know i still try to collect it if i can find it but it's just you know, there's like one demo that just like eludes me, and it's just like, God damn! Because I remember being um, at Mitch's house when he was assembling these demos, and he was just like, he was like, uh, if we have any left over, he they, they made like thirty of them or something. Because if we have anything left over, then I'll, I'll give you one. But we need these just for the fans, you know. And I ended, I eventually got one, and that somewhere in time just fucking lost it. But there's like so much other shit. Like I had like a. Cause I started going to shows in 94, five, 95 is when I first started going to shows. And, um, you, you know, I'd always collect posters and all this shit. So I had a, this one box of like posters from the nineties and it, it was like punk, ska, some hardcore stuff. In there. And I, I think, uh, I'd be fucking like 12, 13 years ago. We had like some kind of like a week worth of rain over here. And, um, this shit got rained out or the shed that we had it in got rained out and the whole fucking box is flooded with water and mildew and the only things that didn't get ruined were like my paper flyers and um which was from the the barn uh, i mentioned earlier um and that's it but like all my posters from the whole like they all stuck together i mean i had like pharmaceutical bandits like original posters you know, when they were like an anime band, like they did like a bunch of anime shit, like all autographs. The Down Falling Sickness, who's like a Riverside band that was like just an incredible Riverside band. They were on Hopeless Records. 
those posters that were signed. Their singer just recently died a couple of years ago. And, you know, like when I think of shit like that, that I lost, I'm like, fuck, man. You know, like, it, it bums me out. But I definitely lost a lot of shit throughout the years. You know, and that's why now as an adult, like I definitely try to really keep shit in order and I try to, you know, archive it all and keep everything in tubs. And, you know, I have like seven or eight bins worth of shirts, you know, just, you know, stemming from like eighties hair metal to like, you know, now, I guess. That's crazy. What, what size do you wear? Collective. Yeah. Yeah. I blame it all on my dad. It's all on my dad. Yeah. I met my dad and like saw like the shit, you know, his room or something. And people would be like, okay, now we get it. Cause my dad raised us to basically be like this. Like my dad wanted nothing more than for us to be in bands involved with music. You know, like, I mean, we grew up on like Headmaker's Ball and shit. And, you know, that's all he wanted. He buys like hair, like a, like, fucking wigs you know mm-hmm. like long hair wigs and stuff and you know like all right throw on a headbangers ball cassette and let's fucking jam out you know and like that's all my dad wanted so here we are you know 30 years later and it's like it's all i know you know it's like the only thing i get kicked out my wife the other day made like a, a comment saying like it's it's insane how happy you get when you get a record or you know when you get a cd you know like like it's like i don't i I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's just, it's insane that people don't get excited about music or just anything, you know? So, but that's just how I was raised. You know, everything was music, this music, that. Well, I'm definitely stoked that after so many years that you're still into it. Try man. I try. Um, you know, if if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not into it, like I'm still, a part of it you know it's like a, it's like you know what they say like uh you could take the boy out of it but you can't take you know whatever that fucking thing is and it's like that's why it is with hardcore you know it's just like i i might be slightly removed from that but like like it's never left me you know like like i would always say you know that i'm a i'm a fucking hardcore kid you know like i went through my phase of like being into punk being into ska like i, I went full on like rude boy you know like, my idea of a root boy you know but you know once hardcore came to my life and that was it you know i was like this is what i want this is what i want to be like you know and it's just what i've been to this day you know so i don't i don't say and be like yeah fucking straight edge, straight edge, straight edge, but i'll be the first to be like yeah fucking i'm a hardcore kid yeah well you definitely made your mark with Bound in Blood because no matter what, when people look at the history books of you know the Inland Empire, like they have to bring up Bound in Blood. Yeah, and, and I would hope, you know, I mean, especially in that whole that whole time, you know, it's just you know, like you got like you, know, you were talking to Suicide Silence, you know, they'd be the first ones to be like, yo, like. If it weren't for Bound of Blood, you know, if it wasn't for Gabe and Bound of Blood, like, Suicide Silence would have the hardest fucking time getting on a show because they were never, they, showcase never wanted them on hardcore shows. And it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't until, you know, I would pull Joe aside, like, yo, these are hardcore kids. They want to play, you know, on a show. And he's like, okay, then they can play with you guys. And that's the only reason why Bound of Blood started booking our own shows was because, like, you know, I wasn't going to not play a show without Suicide Silence because, 
because me and Mitch grew up together and all this shit. And it was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to help this band, you know? But, you know, when you got like them, you know, they'd be the first ones to be like, yeah, like Garza posted on his Instagram not too long ago, a flyer of a season of silence of Donald Blood. And, you know, he put like, yo, you know, without, you know, Gabe, like, you know, we don't know where we would be at this point or something like that, you know? But, um, it's, uh, I guess locally, you know, I don't care about, you know, nationally, uh, whatever the fuck, you know, but, you know, I would hope locally that kids would just be like, okay, like, you know, Battle Blood, Battle Blood has so important, at least to Riverside, that's all we wanted. You know, we wanted to like Inland Empire, like everything had to be Inland Empire. And, um, you know, whether it lasts, you know, you know, I guess in your case, you know, you know, we stuck around in your thoughts and shit like that, you know, and that's awesome. You know, you got like a, you know, Max or something, same thing, you know, but, um, it's one of those things that you know, we made an impact in one life. That's enough. You know, I'm, I'm content with that. So. Well, I definitely appreciate, you know, all the things that you guys did. Cause like I said, I ditched my grad night and I will never forget that because it was so important to me to see you guys, especially for it being my first time. I was like, I have to make sure that like, I'm there like a hundred percent. Like I don't want to be tired from Disneyland. I want to be there full of energy and ready to go. And you picked the best, the best show to catch us. Cause that was like the first time we sold it out. And that was probably the best reaction we've ever had. And, um, you know, I'm happy that we've been able to capture at least that moment on, on film or, you know, I guess digitally as well, you know, but, um, you know, people that listen to your podcast never heard of us. You jump on YouTube, you can see all the fucking videos, but, um, the one, the, the show that, you know, you're talking about, is uh you just pull up Donald Blood holding on to what a showcase and you'll in a fucking wild time a great time and I'm happy that uh that it's stuck with you because it's, it's lived with me all the way till now okay real quick b- before we go this, this is really like out there but um do you ever r- remember that um I, I think it was like a clothing brand um they would ha- uh, I think it was called Bro Killer. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh Nick. Uh I can't pronounce his last name. He's an Indian dude. But uh yeah, he's a dude he recorded his songs as E P. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bygone Indus- Industries. Oh, dude. Okay. Cause, uh, and this sounds so stupid, but um, back then I, I saw you wearing a bro killer t-shirt. I was like, dude, that's the fucking coolest shirt I've ever seen. Cause back then, like, you know, there weren't bros in hardcore. Like we, like we'd always like beef with bros and stuff. Um, that's how like I took the um, brand. So I was like, fuck yeah, I need one of those shirts. And I remember I ended up buying one and I, I thought I was so cool wearing that. <laughs> I did. I have a fucking window decal of it still. The, the, the bro killer shit. Like on your car that you drive? No, 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 no way. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I like I still have like I still have stickers of, of that fucking road killer thing. So you know, it's yeah, that thing. That's that kind of edgy, you know. That's, yeah. It's like I mean, how would that? I mean, I don't know how that would fly in 2019 or whatever the fuck. But I mean, even then, I remember that you know 
was a little edgy, you know, that you wear that till like an end and now and get some shit started. You know? Yeah. That, that was crazy. Okay. But yeah, but I, I which is, which is, which is real crazy. Cause I mean, you got like bros who were like really offended by that, you know? And it's like, yo, you really, you're really a bro. Like there's really a, a, a bro, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wild. Yeah. I guess you got Pennywise to thank for that. I guess. I don't know, I don't know either. But damn, Gabe, this has definitely been awesome. I, I really appreciate appreciate you coming on. This has been like something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. And, you know, just uh, for what you've done for hardcore and what you can continue to do when you finish those stars and tracks, I'm definitely um, thankful to have been able to talk to you. Um, so thank you. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for giving me the time to fucking just shoot the shit. You know, I don't, I don't get to do it often. So, and real quick before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, yeah, you follow the archive page, which is a uh, past once nervous. And, um, I guess that's it, you know, hopefully expect Darrow some songs and you can check that out on Bandcamp as well. And that's it. Okay. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast always on top.